Welcome into the Jaguars broadcast week in review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. JP Shadrick with you and today is Friday, December 11th and week 14 is upon us. The Jaguars host the division rival Tennessee Titans this Sunday. The game is presented by PRI Productions and kickoff time is set for one o'clock. We've got plenty to review from a busy week, including Jay Gruden's recent history with quarterbacks, battling Derrick Henry's stiff arms, and Shad Khan's passion for the city of Jacksonville. Let's start with a quarterback talk this week, and boy, has it been lively. Mike Glennon will get the start for the third straight week. And for offensive coordinator Jay Gruden, Glennon adds to the high number of signal callers he's had the last few seasons. That's hard. You know, I had three in five games last year at Washington. I had three or four the year before that in Washington. So I've had about 10 quarterbacks I've dealt with in a small amount of time. And, and the consistency of that position is really important. It's, it's uh, critical. Uh, to have success talking to one guy, speaking the same language, catering to their strengths. And when you're changing week in and week out, it's hard to get a gauge on what they like, what they're comfortable with. Uh, that's the most difficult thing. Glennon played pretty well his first time out, but he turned the ball over three times last week in Minnesota, including the overtime interception to set up the Vikings game-winning field goal. Glennon's confidence hasn't wavered. I mean, I, th- I still think uh, even though we lost the game and had some plays, there are still a lot of good throws out there. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's there's always going to be stuff to build on, but I feel uh, confident in myself in both in both games. Does it get easier as you get into week three here of of, of your starts? I feel I felt comfortable both weeks, and I, I feel comfortable again this week. Also this week, Gardner Minshew II was in the media, and he said that he was begging to get back on the field earlier this year after his thumb injury. Head coach Doug Marone hears it and doesn't mind it. I think you get a little bit worried if it's the other way. You know what I'm saying? Where someone doesn't want to get out there. He's not a competitor. He's uh, comfortable in his role of, of maybe not playing. So, um, you know, you can have all these emotions as a player, and sometimes on the outside, you, you'll look at it and say, oh, man, he must be really upset that he's not doing this or that. Or, you know, but... You know, at the end of the day, that's not how they are around their teammates and how they practice, and they're still working to get better and, and do it. On Jags Drive Time Thursday morning, Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton discuss the social media reaction to all the early week headlines. And I know we said yesterday, I promised myself that it was not a story anymore, the quarterback position. We heard Brian talk about it. We heard John talk about it. But, John, that was before Doug Marone and Jay Gruden spoke in There was a bit of a a Twitter eruption saying, especially after the offensive coordinator spoke, saying, okay, well, Gardner Minshew's healthy because Jay Gruden did say that he didn't really see a difference from (laughs) Gardner's arm now to when Gardner was injured with that thumb injury. Okay, he's healthy. Why not put him back out there? And there's this Twitter narrative that maybe they're upset with him for not disclosing the injury, but... It's, it's funny when you think about it in that way, because if Gardner gave them the best chance to win, do you really think they would care about him not disclosing that injury weeks ago if they thought it would win them games? No, not at all. And uh, as hard as this is people to believe, I guess I would refer them to watch and read what Bucky Brooks, who we is an NFL media analyst and is contributing to Jaguars.com this year. We have him because he's a scout. He sees the entire league. He has said multiple times this week, and I agree, Glennon simply gives this offense the best chance to function. He throws the ball downfield more than Gardner did. He sees the whole field better than Gardner did. They're not going back to Gardner unless Glennon does something 
to the tune of three or four interceptions. I'm not hearing that inside. That's just how it is. I'm not sure what else there is to say about it. I'm sort of at my end. I don't know really even where else to go. Gardner Minshew is not going to be back in the lineup. I don't, I don't think unless Glennon throws three or four interceptions on Sunday. Jaguars drive time airs Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings on Jaguars social channels. When we return, Doug Marone compares Derrick Henry's size and ability to one of the all-time greats. We play Big Game Jaguar on Jaguars Happy Hour. Plus, a little insight to Shad Khan's admiration for Jacksonville from someone very close. All that after this. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is here to help you keep your money working hard, week in and week out. Open a yield pledge checking or money market account today and start scoring some of the most competitive rates in the country. To see how we can fit into your financial game plan, visit a financial center near you or find us online at TIAABank.com slash Jags. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week Interview Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. Check out Jags at Home. It's an interactive second screen experience on game day featuring Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn. Each Sunday, you'll have a chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes. Visit jagsathome.com for more information on how you can play and you can win. Speaking of Ashland, she visits weekly with a few Jags players. This week on Jaguars All Access Television, it's defensive lineman Adam Gatsas. Adam, it is pretty apparent the difference in this defense from the bye week to before the bye week. And I want to know, what is the difference? Because everyone's been telling me different things, but from your eyes, this defense has improved so much. So is there one thing that you can put your finger on that's different about this defense? I just think uh, a lot of guys got a lot of playing experience kind of before that bye week and, you know, gave us a chance to just go back and look over what we've done so far and uh, kind of correct uh, some of the mistakes that we've made. Um, also give guys a chance to assess kind of how their play's been um, in the early parts of the season. So, you know, it's always nice to come out of the bye week and be playing better football than coming out of the bye week and actually playing worse football. So, you know, we've definitely grown as a, as a team, as a unit this year. It's it's hard to win games in this league. Um, you know, I've been telling the guys it's, it's a tough thing to do, you know, across the league. And, you know, the tight games like that are the ones that you're going to win. And, I mean, we've been playing good good ball. It's just, you know, those, those tight games, you just got to find a way to win them. And uh, we haven't been able to do that just yet. But we've got a, a lot of opportunities still to come. Um, finish out the year strong so uh looking forward to that and you mentioned you've been telling guys you know how hard it is to win in this league and and you played four seasons before with the denver broncos and now you're here so what goals do you have for yourself here now at this next stage of your career yeah definitely i mean i want to finish out this season as as well as i can personally um you know obviously we're eliminated from playoffs but you know, I believe that, you know, with these last games, we can really set ourselves up for something bigger uh, coming next year. And, you know, I'm hoping to be part of it here next year. Um, you know, I feel like this year was a good year just in development of guys, um, in executing what we could. Obviously, you want to execute better and win those games. But, you know, I feel like we're, we're just a couple of plays away. We're maybe a, a, a couple guys away from being there. You know, we're right there rolling with teams that are going to the playoffs, that are teams that are dominating this league, and we're, we're right there within a score the whole the whole time with them. So um, we're doing things right. We just need to execute at a higher level. And, yeah, as I said, I think it's just like a couple of pieces here here and there that, that we might be able to fit in, and we're, we're building for something great here. And, you know, as, as I think guys are seeing on the TV and guys on the team feel it and believe it, um, you know, we're playing good football. We're just we're right at that that little piece at the end where we can just 
you know, turn that corner and, and turn those losses into wins. Right there. I mean, four out of the last five games, it's down in the final drive. So it's competitive and progressing, and that's great to see. All right, Adam, this Australian accent, you are from Australia. So I want to know, has it lessened some now that you've been living in America for a few years, or is it still as as well as it would be in Australia? Nah, it's definitely lessened a little being in uh, the States. <laughs> you know, I've, I've lived here for like the last 10 years, so I've, I've lost it a little bit, but I, I get it. I do get it back a fair bit when my family comes uh, to visit because I feel like we're just talking in in Australian slang and having fun and laughing <laughs> and doing all that stuff. So it kind of comes out a bit more when I'm around other Aussies. Jaguars All Access airs Thursday nights at seven on Fox 30 Television in Jacksonville. Now let's get to this week's matchup. The one and eleven Jaguars will try to snap an eleven game losing skid against the team that started the streak back in week two. The Tennessee Titans come to town. They're in first place at 8-4, holding a better division record than the Indianapolis Colts. The Jags went over Indy in week one is the difference currently, oddly enough. When it comes to the Titans, it starts, as we all know too well, with running back Derrick Henry. He's the defending NFL rushing champion. He's leading the league in carries and yardage again, and he's the heartbeat of the Titans' offensive attack. He's massive. His size is one thing, but the way he uses that size can be devastating. We've seen it firsthand, of course, including the stiff arms downfield. And defensive coordinator Todd Wash says it's part of the preparation this week. You know, we've seen it uh, once again many, many times that he's got a hell of a stiff arm. And we we work drills specifically, obviously, this week when we go against Derek every every time we play him. Uh, now I'm curious, what goes into preparing for a stiff arm? <laughs> we, we just do drills and stuff. Uh, we emphasize this week, um, obviously, chopping it and then trying to get your eyes to his thighs and stuff. So it's just one thing, you know, I mean, everybody works on it. But this week, we specifically set time aside uh, to make sure we're working on how to defeat a uh, stiff arm. Safety Jared Wilson has been around here for a while now and doesn't want to be on a highlight reel. He didn't got that 6'4 arm out there. You know what I mean? I mean, he's kind of, he's coming around the edge at 250 pounds at 6'4", so he already got that uh, length advantage, but not trying to be on that tape, you know, try to cut his legs down, get him down the best way I can. Definitely not trying to be on no stiff arm tape. On the Doug Marone Show Thursday night, Jeff Loggevin and I got the head coach to talk about the tackling plan against Henry, and Marone had a comparison to one of the all-time NFL greats. Last week it was Dalvin Cook, second leading rusher in the league, and your defense held him to under four yards per carry on, what, 32 touches in the game on the ground to get to that number. This week, Derrick Henry, and you you touched on it a moment ago, and Todd Wash even talked about it this week, You know, giving time in practice to work on battling and defending against stiff arms. How exactly do you do that, Doug? Yeah, I think I think you've seen, um, you know, it's funny about the, the tackling. I think over the years you've seen now where it's almost become a game plan, you know, where I think before – you know, you just went and you just uh, hit someone as hard as you can and try to bring them down, you know, but I think now, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of work and you see it throughout the league. I've actually noticed it more this year where the scouting reports on, on these, uh, these running backs that really have a good stiff arm, you'll see them coming up in stiff arm and player trying to knock it down and then shoot to go in and tackle. But you, know, you got to be pretty athletic to be able to do that. I mean, you know, your hands working in one motion, obviously your feet and hips have to come through and, you know, even, you know, the difference between Henry and maybe some of the other players is that even though if you may be able to block the stiff arm, you still got to run through them and be able to wrap and, and get them down. And I think that's what makes it so challenging. Uh, you know, he's such a big, strong, 
back that he has a stiff arm and he has the ability to really just run you over, run through tackles. Um, you know, if you don't bring your hips and bring your body and get other people around the football uh, to help bring them down, it, it can be a long day for you. Doug, I, I don't know if I, there's a guy in the NFL's history that ever compares to a guy like Derrick Henry, 6'3", 250 pounds. He's got a great stiff arm. He's got speed. Can you think of anybody that you could compare him to? Oh, absolutely. You know, graduating from Syracuse University, about Jim Brown, you're talking about, you know, Ernie Davis, he never had that ability to do it. But Jim Brown, um, Jim Brown now, I always tell a story. I went, we played in the, the Hall of Fame game. And I don't know, Jeff, if you've ever played in it or, you know, I, I took the, the Buffalo Bills there. So we were playing in it. And prior to the game, they always announce all the people that are there at the Hall of Fame. And our players are warming up and they're announcing players, uh, you know, great players, great Hall of Fame players. But what was always interesting is at the point where they said they introduced, you know, and, and Jim Brown is here, both teams kind of stopped and took a look and to see where he was. And um, I always remember that moment and having met Jim and spent some time with him. Um, I, I never meet a lot of these older players. Um, and when you meet Jim Brown you, and, and you realize you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how big he was at a time where, you know, they said that the league is bigger now and, and what it may be. But, um, you know, it, it's hard. I guess that's a Syracuse in me. You know, the orange blood that runs through me that is always going to, you know, push Jim Brown as the greatest, greatest player that ever played this game. The Doug Marone Show airs Thursday at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars Radio Network. Now to Jaguars Happy Hour, Wednesday afternoon with NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks, John Osher, and yours truly. We pick Jaguars standouts for Sunday. All right, guys, it's time for Big Game Jaguar. We play it every week. You love it. You can't miss it. You got to have it. Let's get yours. Bucky, what do you have for us? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I got a surprise pick for everybody this week. I'm going to go with James Robinson. I'm going to go with the best no. offensive player, and I'm going to say they need to have a big game out of James Robinson. And the reason why he needs to show up big is because if he is running the rock effectively, it allows the Jaguars to play keep away from a dangerous Tennessee Titans offense. James Robinson, big game. He has to have one. That's a, that's a shocker in my book. John, what do you got for us? Uh, JP, first I'm going to go some other Bucky uh, great picks. He's got the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. The Lakers in the NBA championship. So he he's a visionary is what Bucky is. So Warren he, uh, Buffett says go with the brand names. Invest in brand names. I'm that's just right. Brand names. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And the I Yankees like in the World Series every year. So um, <laughs> I believe I went with Colin Johnson, JP. And yeah, you frankly, did. this isn't that much more out there than Bucky. So I'll take the grief. I think he is a guy who is starting to show that he has a chance to be productive every week. I'm not saying 100 yards. He hasn't done that yet. But the last couple of weeks, he has had big plays downfield. He's starting to figure out how to do that against this pass rush, against this defense. I don't think the Jaguars have enough firepower to win it. I do think Colin Johnson has enough ability, and he's starting to peak a little bit, that he's, he's going to have big plays and maybe even get a couple touchdowns in this game. All right, there you have it. I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball, and considering the way this – Titans offense can do things to you. I'm going to go with Joe Schobert, the guy who calls the defense, the guy in the middle on the second level. 
Uh, you got to be in the right gaps, of course, and and keep Derrick Henry contained and hit him in the backfield and do all that. So he's responsible for that. And then, as Bucky, as you said, uh, protect down the seams as well. Jonu Smith today, by the way, was limited with that knee issue at practice. So we'll see if he's back this week for Tennessee. But I'm going Joe Schobert because he needs a big game, and this defense obviously needs a big game in containing Henry, defending the seam, and there you have it. Big Game Jaguar is in the books. Let's wrap this week from a piece from Friday's Ozone podcast. Senior writer John Ozier caught up with Jim Woodcock. He's a senior vice president of Fleischman Hilliard Communications, and he handles PR for Jaguars owner Shad Khan. He also has a long history of working with Jaguars president Mark Lamping when they were back in St. Louis when Lamping was with Anheuser-Busch and later the St. Louis Cardinals baseball club. With the Lot J conversation continuing, there's been plenty of news around Khan's development plans and what the future could hold near TIAA Bank Field. Woodcock explains Khan's admiration for the city of Jacksonville. There's a love and a connection he has for this that I think it's hard sometimes like for me as a writer, when I say it, it's like, ah, you're just saying that because you work for the team, John. Again, you've known the man for nine years and you, so, and you sort of know how it makes him tick. That's a real thing for him. It is. It is. And, and uh, uh, you know, like the last year or so because of COVID and everything, obviously nobody, I just told you I haven't been down there myself and all, but he likes to go out to dinner. I'm sure the, a, lot of, a lot of your listeners have probably seen him, you know, out. Uh, he... He's not somebody who, you know, hey, I, I, I really rather be private tonight. He loves to go out and be in Jacksonville and he loves, he loves being part of the process, whatever, they, whether that's business, whether that's, uh, you know, the, the political process, you know, he's a player uh, and, and he's active and he's committed and invested because he, he, he feels that, you know, Jacksonville, well, he doesn't feel it, he knows that Jacksonville is part of his DNA for the rest of his life. You know, he's, this, this is a place that in 2011, uh, you know, became one with him, okay? Um, and so he, he has a huge interest and passion for all things Jacksonville, whether it's the people, whether it's the business sector, whether it's the Jaguars. And he's an ambitious guy, you know? So with that comes, you know, he sees Jacksonville and he sees downtown and he sees you know, and I'm talking a little bit out of, out of the football space because we, we can all agree that that's been disappointing, sure. you know, but everything around the football, which is in his mind as important, you know, or very important, certainly um, he cares a lot about, and he, he wants it to be, he wants Jacksonville to be the best it can be. And that's not to say that it doesn't have just, you know, just great upside already, but he, he's an ambitious forward-thinking, progressive person, guy who, you know, Jacksonville to him is, 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 is a place that, that can sort of mirror, I think, who he is and, um, you know, be better, you know, and, 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 and really reach its, its, its potential. And, and I think downtown is probably the, you know, the focus of, of, those, of his vision in that respect. The full podcast, about 50 minutes worth, available on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. So we are ready for week 14. The 1-11 Jaguars entertain the 8-4 Titans, and the game is presented by PRI Productions. On Radio Sunday, the Public's Tailgate Show kicks it off at 10 o'clock. Running backs coach Terry Rabisky takes us inside the play of undrafted rookie James Robinson. At noon, Jaguars Radio Network coverage takes over with countdown to kickoff. It's a 1 o'clock kick time, and of course, after the game, it's Jaguars 
Morning Wars postgame with Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor, and yours truly. And then we take your calls in the scoreboard show as NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks chimes in. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and we'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.